Vivo qualitative data analysis software empowers researchers around the world to discover rich insights within their qualitative data. This podcast gives you unique insights into the methods, the processes, and the passions of researchers. Welcome to the InVivo podcast, Between the Data. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Stacey Penna, the InVivo Product and Community Director. Today's podcast is with Dr. Nicole Corley, Assistant Professor at Virginia Commonwealth University School of Social Work, the 2020 QSR IIQM Early Career Researchers Grant winner. Nicole was awarded $25,000 for the grant over two years. This is our second interview with Nicole to get an update on her progress. So welcome, Nicole. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Stacy. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> so we spoke about a year ago. So I was just curious, um, how's your research going? Yeah. So first of all, I have to, when you said the 2020 recipient, I promise you it's like 2020 happened. <laughs> like, I can't even believe it's two years since receiving that award. And of course, a year since we last had opportunity to, to chat it up like this. The project continues to go well. Data has all been collected. We're not getting any more collages. And we're really, you know, working through that analysis phase. And so it's it's going. It continues to go. <laughs> yeah. And just for people that might be new listeners, can you describe your research project for people? Sure. So the project is titled Ain't I a Mother? Using Collage as a Method of Storytelling. And the title, Ain't I a Mother, comes from Sojourner Truth's famous speech, Ain't I a Woman, where uh, Sojourner Truth really highlighted the oppression that Black women face. And Sojourner Truth has both a Black woman and a mother. The title just really seemed fitting to this project to really explore and center the narratives of Black mothers. So using collage is different, right? I'm not a formal artist. I haven't seen in quote unquote research the use of collage or really arts-based research in generally used to elevate the experiences of Black mothers. And so in particular, collage is really just so interesting because when collage came on the scene, it was really one of the art forms that was kind of looked at like, this isn't really art. What do you mean? You're just kind of putting different pieces together and, and creating something. But collage as an art form itself was really, to me, almost a metaphor for the experiences of Black mothers, because historically and even now, there's always been a question around Black women being mothers, right? And how they, their particular mothering styles, parenting styles, and how that it's different from European or white-centered notions of what mothering is. And so it was just a really nice way to approach the project using collage. And again, collage being a metaphor, if you will, for Black mothers' experiences. Great. Thank you. Yeah. So who's on your team and what roles do they have? Because you have a nice website, so I went on it and I saw different team yeah. members. Yeah. So, you know, the team, it hasn't grown again, but we have Kamala, who was a post-baccalaureate student at the time. She was part of the project early on. Her and Deshonda, again, were part of the project early on. Deshonda is an MSW graduate from Howard University. There's also Brittany Pitts, who was a doctoral student at VCU School of Social Work, who has been on the project from the beginning. More recently, we have two film students, Miles and Jasmine. 
I'm so excited because they bring such different insights and perspectives to this. And so what they're doing is they're actually working on creating a 20-minute video that, again, is sort of like a collage video that's pulling in some of the clips from from the data collection, and, and they're creating a video. And we also have another Brittany, who was a current MSW student at VCU, who is a doula. So she works in the maternal health world, works particularly among Black women. And so that was really exciting, too, to even have her insights to this project. So it's been it's been really exciting. And I, and I love the group that I get to work alongside. Yeah, actually, it's a pretty, pretty big group. It is a pretty big group. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So we awarded this in March and then the pandemic happened and we were going, you know, do like a fun, you know, something at Virginia Commonwealth University and, yeah. and do all that. We couldn't do all that. So, you know, how has all this with the with COVID had to change your collecting data virtually? You know, how has it affected your project? Yeah. So initially, as with most things, and which is also to me a kind of interesting metaphor, even for qualitative work, right? So in qualitative work, we often say that, you know, you got to be flexible, you know, with such an iterative process, there's a lot of thinking going on, you know, you can't commit to one design because, you know, maybe the data or the context is telling you to do something different. But, you know, oftentimes as researchers, we can be very ego-centered and we don't want to budge, right? <laughs> and so initially, there was a desire to move forward what the initial design was, and that was to bring moms together in really small focus groups in a physical setting to work on the collage together because we wanted to see the process. Like, that's the most important piece to this, really, is the process, you know, the discussions, how they selected items to put on and why this item. And so we wanted it to be a conversation together, but COVID didn't allow that. And so while we did have one in-person setting, the rest of the conversations were done virtually. And so one, what that allowed, that that allowed so much. I'm grateful in a way that we were able to pivot in this way because one, it allowed mothers to work on the collage longer, right? And that's really important. And so, again, initially moving into this project, not really knowing how things were going to come together, what we realized is that, you know, mothers need more time to work on this project, right? They need more time to work on their collage. And they also voiced that to us because when they received the contents, they didn't know what to do with it yet. And they just wanted to sit and just come to it when it made sense for them. So not only did it allow mothers to work on their collage longer, but it also allowed the reach of the project to widen. And so, you know, we have participants, you know, one participant from California. We have participants in the Midwest. We have participants in New York. So initially, again, it was intended to just be in Richmond, but we were able to, because we were doing it virtually, allow mothers from different parts of the country to participate. And that was exciting for us, too. That's great. Thank you. So that leads me into my next question was like, who are your collage artists? I think you yeah. them, or participants. There are there are artists, right? They are artists and they probably wouldn't feel comfortable with that title because you know when we came into conversation, a lot of them was like, you know, I'm not artistic, I'm not really creative. And it was nice to kind of just kind of nudge them, but oh, oh, you are. You know, you're very creative and artistic just in how you navigate the world as a Black woman and as a mother. You are very creative. 
And so it was nice to kind of see them move past some of that, you know, insecurity, if you will, around creating art and really get into it and, and tell their story. So they are absolutely artists. Yeah. Yeah. And and how many participants? There were 26 participants in all, and we had about 17 small focus groups. And so the focus groups were only with like two moms. And during the focus group, that was just a time for them to share their story. What did their collage mean? What is the story behind the collage? And that was really nice to watch them interact. And for also for us as the research, I mean, I'm a, I'm a mom too. And so my story was also woven in to the stories being told, as was even the co-researchers, the other the, uh, members of the, the group. You know, they asked their questions and they also connected with the stories being told. So that was also exciting. This podcast is sponsored by QSR International, developers of Envivo and other software solutions for leading researchers and educators. If you're looking for an easy way to analyze and visualize your data, try using Envivo to create word frequency charts, word clouds, comparison diagrams, and more with the 14-day trial. So you actually presented two of our in vivo virtual conferences, but the last one in 2021, during your presentation, you spoke about centering, reliving, Mm -hmm. restoring story. What does this mean for your study? Yeah. So again, right, like I was acknowledging or highlighting how the collage form, again, just has a really interesting parallel to Black mothering and just the process of collaging, right? And so with collaging, you're cutting things out. And so I, you know, sort of imagine like how mothers during this project are cutting out sort of mainstream ideas as to who and what they are, right? They are pasting, they're, they're gluing down, they're firming what their narrative are, what, what their experiences are. And all of this is, is really just restoring or rather reclaiming their own story. And so as you take objects that seemingly for all intents and purposes, have nothing to do with motherhood, but you're able to say that now this straw becomes something else. This pencil becomes something else. These wires, if you will, that I've now placed on my collage are no longer wires, but they become part of my story. I restory them. I re-narrate them to just elevate and to highlight aspects of my motherhood journey. So just the process of itself of collage was also a really neat way to highlight mothers reclaiming their histories, their narratives, their experiences. Great. You know, this was an in vivo <laughs> research grant, so I wanted to ask, how did you use in vivo to help you manage and analyze your data? Yeah, so all the data is up on in vivo. And what's been so neat about using in vivo is because I didn't even know, because again, like we have different types of data. We have the transcripts, right? And we also have the collage, the collage's data. And so in vivo allowed us to take pictures of the collage, upload them on InVivo, and also code the collage. And so that's been a really neat use of it. In addition to just the data management of it, right? We have it all in one place. We can look at it. We can share it. We can manipulate how we need. But in particular, like that image portion of it was really, was really, really useful for our project in addition to being able to pull the literature in, right? Which is in and of itself a certain type of data too. Um, And it allows us to thread pieces together that just make it a lot easier to do. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that feature in Vivo too with the images and you can have your your log there on the right yes. too if you want to make yeah. comments and code right on it. Yeah, it is, is very helpful with that. So can you share some of your preliminary findings with us? Yeah, yeah. So some of the uh, preliminary findings is one, just how mothers express gratitude for being able to reflect and capture their experience in this way. And it's just beautiful to, to, and it's just also so affirming that just the method alone has just been so, you know, nice for mothers to be able to engage in this way with their story. Quite a few moms talked about how they are not given the opportunity to talk about themselves in this way. And so that was just really refreshing and just really lovely to hear how this process allowed them to reflect on, you know, moms talked about coming to this, to the collage to, to get ready to do it. And it just brought back so many memories and it was a release for them. And so that, that in and of itself was just really nice to both hear and also witness some other things that are coming out is that moms were really intentional and how the story was told. And so what I mean is they wanted to provide a very balanced picture of their experiences. They didn't want it to be heavy on struggle, quote unquote, and they didn't want it to be too heavy on joy. And so even in the construction of their collages, many of them, which is also really fascinating, like they didn't just rely on the one board that I sent them to do the collage. They pieced together other boards and almost several of them, the, the collage looks almost like a book. And so they have one part of their story on one side of the collage and another part of their story on another. You know, So again, sort of like balancing some of the challenges that they've had also with the joys that they have. And many of them even talked about just the joys in the challenges. And so to me, like that kind of intentionality was really also really nice to witness and to hear and to see how they wanted to be sure about how their story was told. Some other pieces were around breaking generational patterns. And a lot of that came up in the way in which they thought about discipline, right? And so many of them really talked about disciplining their young people or raising their young people in ways in which they thrive and not just to survive. You know, it was really interesting to hear particular parenting practices, what they talked about being respectful and honoring their kids and even protecting their kids from from family members because they wanted to be sure that my young person is able to, they have a voice and they're able to express that voice. And, you know, I'm giving them space to do that. Something else that has come up is like village. One mom said, you can't be a good mom by yourself. And so it was really nice to also hear about their village, their supports, like who supports them, how they support them. That's also come up quite a bit in these stories. And in addition to just what has sort of come up in the story, again, the way that moms constructed their collage, again, not relying on the one paper that I provided them, or even just the material that I provided them. You know, they brought in their own material. I did encourage them. I told them, don't go out and buy anything. Don't do it. You have everything that you need, whether it's in the box, the art kit that I sent them, or just around your home or, or neighborhood don't buy anything. So it was really also interesting to 
to see how they constructed the collage as well as the objects. So butterflies was a common object that showed up on the, on the collage. The use of flowers is really interesting. For some mothers, flowers were to sort of, again, thinking back to that intentionality and want to provide a balanced story. So the, while they might have had some challenges, you know, the challenges were still framed within this floral and this floral way to also emphasize just the, the joys and the beauties of their experiences too. And even the use of color, some moms were really intentional about like they wanted their board to be calm. So they use pastel colors to reflect that calmness. Mothers in emphasizing their blackness and, and Afrocentricity use colors like red, black, and green, or use different tones of browns. So it's just it's just so much. It's just so it's just so dynamic. The collage is so, so very dynamic, as is one story. And so you know, the findings, it's this interesting thing when we talk about findings, because you can look at the collage one day and notice something, but you can look at it a month from now and notice something very, very different. That's been fun. It's also been nerve wracking <laughs> too, because you want to, you know, of course, the intention of all the members of the group is to make sure that we're telling these stories or representing these stories in a way that maintains the integrity of the story and that also highlights the dynamic of the story. And so that's been that's been kind of tricky to do. Yeah, no, thank you. That that's very interesting findings. And so so now what are your next steps in the research process? All right. So we, we continue to analyze. Um, because again, the, the analysis part is tricky because this is my first time analyzing visual. And so that's been tricky. So, you know, we're still analyzing. We're probably maybe three-fourths of the way there. We're working on that video montage, that video collage. And we're also planning out an art show. And so I've been in talks with a few spaces here in Richmond. And ideally would love to have the art show in May. That's when Mother's Day is. And so it would be nice to have that art show in May and getting some really good leads. So I'm really excited about actually being able to display these um, collages. That's great. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Connection with Mother's Day. Are you, have you already, or what are your plans for like publishing your, your work? Oh yeah. So one of the first papers we're currently working on a methodology paper to really, you know, outline what this process looked like. And of course, with the caveat that this has been messy, (laughs) you know, but we are, um, we are working on a method and hopefully a plan to have that finish up a, a nice draft of that within a month or two. Great. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure you'll have a lot of, uh, be able, a lot of material for a lot of people. Oh yeah. Papers. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So how has your website sort of evolved through this process? Cause I know a lot of researchers are doing that now, but it's neat mm. to see what's on the website and, mm-hmm. and sort of like your progress with that and like how you're using the website. Yeah, so still using the website as a way to just provide updates uh, with the project. I think our last update was actually highlighting uh, one of our new group members. But yeah, so the you know just to kind of give folks an idea of where we are, and so that's really what the website has been used for now, just to still provide updates and give people some background as to you know what the the project is all about. 
We'll take a short break from the podcast to share Dr. Corley's research project website titled And Ain't I a Mother? An Exploration of Black Motherhood Through Collage Making at aintiamother.wordpress.com A-I-N-T-I-A mother.wordpress.com My last question is, what's one piece of advice you would give the next QSR grant winner? Ooh, <laughs> I think it's still like breathe through it, right? I'm learning to just breathe through the process, you know, stay flexible. Of course, that's just the nature of qualitative work. Have a good support team because, you know, depending upon the nature of the work, for me, the project was so close to who I am. I mean, it is who I am, right? And so it's nice to have folks to also support you emotionally as you're navigating this process. So breathe through it, trust yourself, trust, you know, trust your participants, trust your data, right? Stay flexible and, you know, just have a good team. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole, for uh, talking with us. And thanks for those tuning in. Listeners, if you enjoyed learning more about how Nicole's QSR grant project is going in this episode, we'd appreciate your support by rating and subscribing to the InVivo podcast. This helps us to share these amazing narratives with the research community. So thank you, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Between the Data. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more about InVivo podcasts and community events, please visit go.invivobyqsr.com slash community or email me, Stacy Penna, at s.penna, P-E-N-N-A, at qsrinternational.com.